Thank you for letting us in. We are the Haunted Heart, two best friends joined together by a twisted fascination with magic, madness, and the macabre. Join us on our journey, where we are sometimes deep. Some. What? Did the music just cut out? Oh, shit. I can't hear it, Kenny. Is it? I can't hear it either. Did you not get a clip that was long enough for the promo? Oh, God. Oh, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. We're trash talent. That's a fair point. This is a podcast for people who like trash. And we are trash. And we like to talk about all things macabre, witchy, true crime, and anything else our little haunted hearts fancy. So join us for new episodes every Wednesday. Tune in to The Haunted Heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And And as as always, always, stay spooky. The body of 34-year-old Nicole Brown Simpson, ex-wife of O.J. Simpson, was really believe Kurt Cobain is dead. Millions of people mourned the tragic death of John Lennon today. Struggles to come to terms with the death of Princess Diana. Waiting for her. <sighs> yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hello, everybody. It's fame and misfortune. <clears throat> I'm sorry if we sound a little exhausted. <laughs> I think I'm still jet lagged. It's a very lazy day. Um, I'm Erin, for those who don't know. And I'm Stephanie. Um, and Stephanie just came back from a great big grand old adventure. <sighs> <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I wish I was still there. Vacation is wonderful, but if you've ever been on, this is the longest vacation I've ever taken in really? my life. Yes, I've never been gone. Ugh, I had a two week honeymoon and it was dope. How do you come back from that? You don't exactly. <laughs> you need another two weeks to adjust to yeah, like. It was so nice. Life. I'm so happy to finally have a day off. I've only worked three days, but right? I'm so happy <laughs> to be like. I slept in till almost uh-huh. nine o'clock. Actually, it was like nine thirty. Look I at you! You're like an them. old lady. I, I <laughs> am, and I never sleep that late. First of all, that's really unusual for me. So that's probably why I'm so tired now. And thank you, Erin, for my picking up my Starbucks order. You're so welcome. Even I though really... it's not a real thing. What do you mean? The fuck is a breve? Breve just means the ha- milk is half and half. I think that you made that up. No, that's literally what it's called. A brevet latte is a latte with half and half. Breve means half and half. In what language? Uh, I believe ha. it's French, but I can tell <laughs> yeah, you you're gonna Google it. Damn I it. am gonna Google it. And I have a look. You I'm using my I phone. I have a laptop right in front of me. <laughs> Millennials. Um, what was your favorite part about vacation? Um, so. <sighs> Hang on. Cafe Breve. Um, so, the fav- my favorite part, um, I think, oh, so many I can many tell you ex- my favorite part of your vacation. Okay, tell me. It's when Marshall tried to fight an elk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, that so would good. probably be his favorite part. <laughs> um, and I think my favorite would be just exploring and, like, looking through all the like looking at all the different landscape like it's just yeah you know we're so flat and underwater here mm-hmm. it's so 
to like, you know, to I've see seen mountains. Yeah, but I've seen mountains and stuff before, but these are just, it's just different. And it's so interesting to see how different it goes from, like, you know, Arizona where the Grand Canyon is, is, I mean, that area is all flat, except mm-hmm. the canyon goes down, down and right. then you go into Arizona where there's some things that are a little bit above, but it's mm-hmm. not quite, like, when you go into Utah and to Zion and everything's yeah. like huge and giant right. and you're just like, oh my god, like mm-hmm. I've seen mountains but never quite. Yeah. And they're just, it's just different and it's all. Well, I think seeing mountains in the distance is also very, very different than seeing mountains like right there. Yeah. And I mean, I've gone to like, you know, Kennesaw Mountain in Georgia has nothing on any of it. And I've been to, um, what am I trying to say? not the I guess it's the Appalachian Trail but I've also been to the mountains in like in New York and mm-hmm. upstate and I don't know Wait, there are mountains up there? yeah in upstate New York yes lots of mountains hmm. um why can't I find the definition of fucking brevet because like, it's not real it doesn't it is, exist there's a whole article about it oh you wrote that this morning no I didn't <laughs> so um it makes them it creates more volume it gets it steams better um, less sugar. Cafe Breve is an espresso-based drink that's made like a cappuccino, but was steamed half and half instead <laughs> of milk. Try it if you want. Looks could kill. Try it if you want a decadently rich but sugarless espresso drink. So there you go. But Cafe Breve tends to be more fluffy than the average latte made with standard milk, since steamed half and half increases the foam volume of an espresso beverage. A cafe brevet also has significantly more fat and cholesterol than lattes made with milk, even if the milk is whole milk rather than low-fat or non-fat. But many coffee drinkers find a cafe brevet rich enough that they can go without adding any sweetener to it. Exactly. It's typically served as a dessert beverage, but there are some who like it as their morning caffeine fix. That would be me. And or your 2.45 in the afternoon <laughs> fix. Hey, it's morning. I just left breakfast, so. I know. It's early. Ish. But it's also a musical note, a brevet. Yes, that I knew. Um, and then there's like bravado, which I don't know what that is, but I know that it's a musical term. Yes, there is bravado. I can't think of it. Um, or is it Spanish? I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's coffee, which means it's probably Italian or something. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I found an arrowhead. Did you see my picture? I did, yes. That was really cool. Um, so the land we were on is closest to a Navajo reservation. Quit yawning. Sorry. And I don't know if it actually is Navajo related or not, Mm because it well, also, be. there are so many, like, tribes. Right, so. and battles and yeah. things happening that I have no idea. But um, I think Marshall said he has a friend who has a friend who does a lot of, like, identification of, like, arrowheads and mm-hmm. spearheads and stuff. So I think I'll send him the picture and yeah. see what he has to say. That'd be really neat. I tried to find more in Zion because they have... Um, so tribe that was native to Zion is the Hopi tribe. That's mm-hmm. H-O-P-I, if anybody's going to look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, I was determined that I had to find another right. one. How could you not? Th- I mean, <clears throat> if you read articles, 
and Marshall's like, but these tra- these paths are so well traveled. But mm-hmm. what makes that region interesting is every time it rains, it's different. So because of so many landslides and mudslides and rocks falling, yeah, when it rains, it's it like immediately changing. Yes, so history is just dug up every time it rains so i'm like nope there's gotta be something here i'm gonna find it like doesn't mean anything i so if any of you well none of you know but i kind of was a little sore after my grand canyon hike so it was four and a half miles into the canyon which unfortunately means four and a half miles also out of the canyon that literally makes me want to throw up right here yes uphill up incline changing oh elevation nope all of that so um i almost moved to the canyon i found a couple of rocks that were really nice <laughs> this is my home Leave that me were, here. yes <laughs> i told him that over and over again um i'll set up a p.o box don't worry it's fine, but I just kept thinking of my little doggies, and I'm like, no, yes, I have babies. to come home to my little doggies. So, um, I made it out alive, and I treated myself with a soda at the end, which, for the fucking record, do you want, I want you to guess how much it cost me to buy two small, small meaning probably like a grande Starbucks, like 16 ounces, mm-hmm. fountain soda. Oh, at the you're Grand at the Grand Canyon? Canyon? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say nine fifty. You're so close. $5.88. Yeah, see, because I used to work at Disney, so... Yeah, but... Anywhere that you can't get anything else, they're going to hike the prices. Well, here's the thing. The biggest it's issue like is that... It's like buying gas at the beach. It's a horrible idea. Everything's so damn expensive there because everything has to be like shipped in like crazy yeah so i get that but tax is also insanely high at like yes nine percent nine nine and a half percent everywhere right so oh excuse me um i couldn't believe it when he gave me the total i was like i'm sorry excuse what per down like i could get Polar pop for like eighty cents. Yep, seventy nine cents, y'all. Yes, uh-huh. and like twenty five ounces uh-huh. or more, whatever, yeah. thirty two ounces. Are you fucking kidding me? Five dollars and eighty eight cents for the tiniest sodas. I just could not get over it. But yeah, that sounds about right. But then I had to walk further. Oh no! Oh no! We had to leave the lodge <laughs> and walk further to the parking lot. Kill me. I know. And downstairs, oh, more no. stairs. And oh, I was no. like... Did you have to go back up the stairs? Yes, because our room was on the second floor. There no and there's no elevators. Elevator? No, Ugh. there's no elevators. Evens. Anywhere we stayed except for Vegas. That sounds... So, I had to go back Was Vegas upstairs. before or after the canyon? After. Oh, no. So, you were exhausted the whole time? I was. So, I had to go upstairs to our room. Then back downstairs to go to dinner. The next day, I was, you would have thought I aged, like, a thousand years. <laughs> I was, like, bent over in half. Uh-huh. My sh- knees would not bend. My shins mm-hmm. were in pain. My calves were on fire. Yep. I mean, it was a nightmare. Listen, I used to have to climb six flights of stairs up and down to get to my job. Yeah. When I was working in the castle, and even then, I did leg day with a personal trainer one time. And literally could not get off of the toilet the second day. Yeah. So I feel your pain. And I will never, ever 
ever put myself in that position. It was, I mean, it's amazing to be able to say I did it because yeah, I don't but know, you know that what? I'll That's be able where to you go rent again. a donkey. Well, see, I wanted to. Yep. So the boroughs do the whole 18 miles. Mm-hmm. They go down one trail and up the other. Um, and I so wanted to do that. And I was going to do trail ride in Zion because I couldn't fucking walk. I finally gave in and got a massage at a spa at a different hotel there right now oh my god it was phenomenal she's amazing if you're killing me if you're ever in zion call the flanagans in and get a massage i think it's like reyna or something like that is her name i don't know but she's wonderful i got a sports recovery massage and it was so great so worth it so worth it is in so much pain right now it was still a little painful the same day but Mm -hmm. that often happens but i did walk from there back to the inn because I knew I needed to move if I got stiff and sat down again then they were just gonna it was gonna be an issue yeah. correct so then I went to the hot tub and sat in the hot tub with the beautiful mountain oh, views that's a dream that's what oh we God. did on our honeymoon yes it was so phenomenal great. oh we saw a comet you did yeah we saw a comet like a fly real by. big one yes huge when we that's were walking exciting. to the hot tub in the evening um I want to say must have been around like nine ish because the pool closed at 10 so it's like nine o'clock and blue and green big bright Mm -hmm. right over the mountains oh my god it was yeah hands down the best part of our honeymoon was the hot tub we just sat in it every single night and like we were in anaheim so we were surrounded by the anaheim hills and it was just so great it's it's just so much better than being here. Yes. <laughs> so much better. Also, it's like you walk outside and you don't instantly want to kill yourself. Right. And I couldn't so. believe how, like, even getting in, we had an SUV, tinted windows, black seats. Mm-hmm. It was hot. But not. But not. I got in my truck hot. the first right. day to go to work. <laughs> I wanted to, like. And you question everything. It's like, yes. why did I come back? Yes. Why am I even so here? So swampy, the air. I don't. Yep. If you don't. If you've never been to Florida or you don't know... Don't come. Go away. Run. Far. Exhausting. No. It's great to visit, but, yeah. like, leave as soon as you can. I'd rather be in the dry heat any day. Oh, hands down. I'd rather have my lips a little bit chaffed than uh-huh. be, like, suffocating when I get my vehicle. Ugh. It was it's never just, When your clothes stick to you, yeah. it makes you feel physically disgusting. Yes. And always a nice breeze. There wasn't mm-hmm. a day that there wasn't a nice breeze. Um cold in the mornings so usually cold start which was nice i mean i say cold but that's relative to (laughs) florida and like not starting your morning at like 60 degrees um it's like 80 as soon as 60 is like when we break out our coats here yeah like that's yeah it's winter was it you who asked me why i had a jacket on when i was in the grand canyon i think it was emma Maybe it was Emma. Someone's like, why do you have a jacket on? And I'm like, it was cold. It was like 45 degrees that oh, morning. Oh, yeah. And that's when I showed you the picture of me and my honeymoon yeah, being yeah. comfy. Yeah. It's cold everywhere else. Chicago in June is freezing. It was 57 degrees when I was on my honeymoon. Yeah. It that's was cold. so cold. That's very cold. And add the wind to it. It was the worst. Um, But I had an amazing time. And I loved just sitting. I mean, there was points. So when I did, I did hike Zion the first day. And by hike, I mean, I probably went, like, a mile to the pools. And their trails are not as... 
I would say Zion's like the Disney of national parks. Mm -hmm. There is a shuttle bus that runs to different stops that takes you, you know, to your different trails. There's a lodge that's in the park. There's a cute little town right outside. Sure. The lodge or the park also has a brew pub and like restaurant. There's gift shops. Um, So they're like capitalizing on it. Yes. Um, And I mean, the Grand Canyon's nice too. The visitor center there on the South Rim is beautiful, has a nice. Um, yeah. gift shop as well. I feel like it's much more unattended than um, other national parks. You know what I mean? Like, not that there aren't people there and aren't so guards, we saw, but... We saw two rangers there. Um, one was a volunteer, one was, like, a ranger. So the guy was, mm-hmm. like, going down in the evening. There is a lodge to stay in at the bottom of the canyon where you can camp. Um, uh, yeah. But both parks... Wait, but spiders, though. I didn't ever see any. Really? I didn't my, see. Okay, so no, my mom grew saw up, no snakes, no spiders. Yeah, my mom grew up in New no Mexico. No scorpions. Or, yeah. Um, and has told me a million times about the giant tarantulas that are just like never saw any all out and about everywhere. So I would say the Grand Canyon had the most wildlife. We saw a lot of deer and elk and um, squirrels, and mm-hmm. the squirrels are so aggressive. They're freak. I I am They're very so, afraid of squirrels, honestly. Well, these ones will like. I mean, like, our squirrels are always very curious, but this, we saw one take this lady's bag of, like, dried mango slices, (laughs) and she started, like, chasing after it, and I'm like, lady, you're never going to get it back. Well, because, you know, you're not supposed to leave garbage, for one, and two, of course, you're not supposed to feed them. Yeah. Well, she was busy eating something else and left them out. She should have been paying better attention. I don't know. But, um. So, when we went to D.C., um, and, like, I think this was, like, 2010. It was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um. We saw a bunch of squirrels on that, like, we were walking through the mall. And, right. Um, not, like, a shopping mall, but, right, like, the right. actual national mall. And um, there were so many squirrels everywhere, and they're super fat because people feed them all yes. the time. Yes. And they're, like, like you see them walking over, and you're, like, have you gone to see a doctor lately? Do you, yeah. do you not have diabetes? They might. Essentially. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, they come waddling over to you, and they just, like, stand there and wait for you to feed them. Like, they, they're not afraid yeah, of people. They're not. Um, but then I was here, and I was at Old Town, and I saw a squirrel, like, jump on a dude's face. Yes, and, like, it bite was it, probably. horrendous, yeah. yeah. So I'm very afraid of squirrels. I now. don't blame you. Um, I mean, these ones, they kept their distance. Some were really nice. One just kind of hiked with us for a little bit and, like, followed us. And not in a, like, stalking, like stalking way. You? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, just kind of, like going with us on the trail, but they're, the Grand Canyon's trails are better maintained, hmm. surprisingly. They're a bit easier to walk. They're more flat, not as... Well, I'm short, so... And you're short, so what aren't obstacles for other people become <laughs> obstacles for us. Yes. So sometimes, like, the steps back up would be, like, or, you know, they would have been a drop down, right. so it takes a lot more pressure on our knees. Right. Um, also, it's, like, a bigger stretch. Yes. So, so then, like, stepping up was always very much more like difficult have to walk for up me. like a toddler. Yes. Um, <laughs> but in Zion, I had to do a lot more crawling because they have a lot more boulders and things. Even on, like, the easy trails, um, part when we got to one place for the Emerald Pools, it was, like, a couple of steps on the side, but then, like, boulders you had to, like, climb down. I mean, not huge. They were smaller, and it was easy, but it took... I mean, since I was in pain, it took me a little longer right. than normal. Um, so definitely more obstacles there. At one point, there was a tree to, like, climb over. But then, after we did that, 
trail. We just went to the river and I sat in the river and dug for arrowheads and gemstones and pretty rocks and things. So that sounds nice. And the river was amazing. 50 was it, like, degrees. Clear? Yes, you could see everything. No weird animals. You see, could... I would do that. that and it was nice. only maybe like knee high. And yeah. Most. I'm like but... super, I'm not afraid of water. I'm afraid of whatever lives in water. Well, so and in I Florida. Like I won't go in a lake. I every won't... body of water, there's something that could eat you. Exactly. And so, Utah, I mean, I used there's to, like, nothing there. like, I used to wakeboard and, like, like water ski and stuff, and it was yeah. great. Um, and then I realized that there are, like, Things. literal alligators well, and all over the place. You know, if you get far out enough, it's not usually a problem. Right. Because they won't... They stay they closer need, to the shore. Correct. And, they need right. the leverage of the ground to be able to do right. what they have to do. But... So, yeah. I've gone onto some lakes and, like, swim when it's been, like, super deep. But yeah, imagine just being able to free swim and not worry about anything. It's just fresh, clear, pretty water that isn't like tainted by. That sounds so great. It was. I want to go to that place that's opening. It's like a housing development. Yeah, that has like the big. Can we like, do that? Let's yeah, do that. sure. Let's do it. Nice. We can podcast and I, I live think I'm from gonna, there. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna do a beach weekend for my birthday, but oh, I won't because I don't go in the water. Like I'll sit on the edge of the water, but I'm not going in the water. I don't really happening. like go very far because I'm short, so it's not really far for me to yeah. go. I like <laughs> as long as it's clear. I don't mind going. Um, but I just really far. want, like, I want to get, like, a cabana situation maybe and, like, have daiquiris and just, like, chill. Have you ever been to Caddy's? No. In Clearwater, St. Pete area? Mm-mm. That's a, it's a bar, restaurant, yeah. mm-hmm. on the beach, and you can reserve, like, chairs. I don't think they really have, like, cabanas, but it's right there. Yeah. And, like... That sounds really nice. There's, you know, you go up to the bar and order Yeah, I'm looking want. for a place right now. I found, like, a really cute... Airbnb thing with a hot tub. Postcard is, Inn is really nice. Oh. I think that's also in St. Pete Beach area. I lo- I really want to go to Pasa Grill if I can make yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is that's a nice Beach. area. Yeah. Um. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, Marsha and I are going to try to move out to Utah. Yes. Wait. So, why Utah? That's where Zion is. Yeah, but go to like, I don't know. So here's a weird Colorado thing. Or- if anybody doesn't know, Arizona doesn't follow daylight savings time. For the fucking record. Arizona's just like, nope, not today. Yes, yes, yes. Arizona does not. So, we had to stop. So, when we, our trip went from Vegas, road trip to Grand Canyon. Uh-huh. Stopped at Hoover Dam and Route 66. Mm-hmm. And then, from there, we went to Grand Canyon. Went visitor center okay. all of that on the south room which has a starbucks outside of it so my bougie nice. self was <laughs> my bougie self was happy except there are native girls who work in it and my sister called it a quote-unquote tranny which is not the nice nicest right. word but starbucks because it's like a starbucks but not really a starbucks it's like your target starbucks so it's like a so like a drag queen starbucks. yes it's dressed up like a Starbucks, but it's not really Starbucks. Starbucks. And drag. Correct. Got it. Um, she, the cashier girl, was not very nice. Well, yeah. Um, and then when we got our, couple of us got like sandwiches and stuff for breakfast because we were trying to like leave. We were going mm-hmm. to our next stop, so she's like, breakfast, and like handed us the bag, and we we're like, so no clarification of like what we ordered or. Oh. Anything, like, just the bag. So, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. I think that's great that they're giving jobs, more jobs. I yeah. mean, there's, like, Pizza Hut and Wendy's and stuff, like, well, outside the I mean, the you gate. also have to think about how pissed off they have to be. Like, they're working at a Starbucks at a national... Po- you know what I mean? Like, a, like a Native person 
where all of this was owned by my ancestors and like everything is ours like, and now all of I these I don't even know where people. they came from because like there's very little housing on the way in. Right. Like there's nothing out there. Yeah. Are and there still so, people who live there's still like a tribe that lives in the canyon, right? I don't know. I think there is. I'm somewhere. sure there is somewhere. Um the north rim is usually closed up until like the day we left. Mm-hmm. Um because it still snows. Right. Up until like now. Um and it's dangerous. The trails get icy and stuff. Right. So nobody goes on them. But, so from the Grand Canyon, we stopped in Kanab, which is in Utah, mm-hmm. which is between, I say between the Grand Canyon and Zion, but it's some, it's like a three-hour, four-hour, three-hour-ish drive mm-hmm. between the two. Um, we stopped at Horseshoe Bend, which is in Page, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, which is definitely still on Navajo land, and, like, it tells you, you know, you're driving right. to the reservation and stuff, but Paige is learning how to take advantage of the tourism. It has a Walmart. It has hotels. Nice. It has Jack in the Box, which is amazing. If you've never yeah. been, please go. Um, and a Starbucks also that's coming. Yes. I did not stop at it, but there was a sign that said, and so there's, like, a little town there, which is great. I think it's wonderful. It provides jobs. Yeah. Everybody in Jack in the Box were natives. Almost everybody at um, Walmart mm-hmm. was also, and we saw a little native um, woman and her son were selling, like, jewelry and stuff at Horseshoe Bend, and the little Aww. boy came over and asked more. She's like, what are you guys looking for? Are you looking for snakes? I was looking for rocks because well. I couldn't walk all the way to the thing. It was too far. <laughs> I didn't know. Right. You, you get out. You park in the parking lot. There's a hill. And you think, okay, it's just going to be over the hill. And then On the there. flat yeah. part. You know, and we're there. It might be a little walk to the rim. No. You get up the <laughs> hill, the steep, sandy incline. It's flat. There's, like, they make a little thing with some shade. So if you're hot, you can stand under this, like, little gazebo thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, another half mile. <laughs> To walk to the edge yeah, of the Yeah, fuck all of that. And I was like, and it's like downhill. You know what I would have done is I would have brought like one of those portable cots that like folds up to about this big. Yeah. Yep. And just yeah. unpop that sucker open and took a nap right there. Y'all well, have fun. All my mom here. stayed with me and we just kind of like meandered about in the. Did dirt your mom and anticipate stuff? how much walking there was going to be? Yeah. Oh, okay. She was fine, but her and my stepdad didn't go all the way down. Right. They went like three ish mm-hmm. miles maybe or close to mm-hmm. and then back up which wasn't that's not I wasn't that bad right I probably would have been okay had I done that but that extra and I almost went another half mile or a mile and a half just for the record because then another mile and a half from the four and a half was plateau point so it's like the very very right. edge where the big so, flat thing is. Right. And then it drops down to the river right there. That's so we so would have cool. almost made it to the river. But at that point, I was fine. I was like, yeah, maybe we should That's go. Cool. And then the next day. And Marshall's like, we shouldn't maybe do that. Maybe let's not. <laughs> he's like, we're not doing that. It sounds like an Andrew and move. He's like, like, I know you better than you do. Yeah. That's a horrible choice. Yeah. He's like, I'm just glad I didn't say yes to you when you said you wanted to go <laughs> that extra half mile to the plateau point. And I'm like, well, it sounded fine. Um, okay, well, let's, um, I have a super great plug from one of our amazing podcast, Lady Pod Squad. Oh, yeah. Comrades. So, um, let's take a listen to that and then dive into it, yeah? Perfect. Sweet. (sighs) I've been listening to a ton of true crime podcasts lately, but you know, there's just not enough conspiracy theories in it. What about international crime? 
But what about the psychological aspect? I mean, what were they thinking? Yeah, but who's talking about cults and even paranormal stuff? Hey, wait, that's us. It's Murder Blows. We're a podcast of four friends talking about the things we love the most. Join us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere that you get your podcasts every Monday morning. And if you haven't gotten enough of us yet, we are on Twitter at Murder Blows and Instagram at Murder Blows Cast. So come on, come hang out with us or listen to us every Monday. Thanks so much. Bye. Yeah, so what do you have for us this week? Well, in honor of the royal wedding. Yes. Which I totally missed. I'm so upset. I'm so tired. I did not get up. Did you see they made their first appearance? I did. I've been watching videos of the bee attacking him. There was a bee? Yeah, because they were at the garden thing. Oh, yeah. For his dad's birthday. Yep. And there was like a stray bumblebee Uh flying around. And he's, Prince Harry's in the middle of his speech. And he was like got distracted he's like i'm sorry he's like that bee really got me and like (laughs) she starts laughing and like camilla starts laughing and prince charles laughing and then she's like explaining to them that like the bee was flying around by his head and like i think maybe stung him i don't know that's so funny but um so in honor of that i decided to look up royal murders Mm -hmm. um we all know that being a king or queen or prince or princess in medieval times basically meant that you had a target on your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I was looking for something a little more modern, not so much a history story. Um, so I discovered somebody who is royal who did commit murder, and that is Dipendra Beer. Bikram Shah. So, if you know anything about the word Shah, that usually means, like, royal. That means, like... I did not know that. I think it's, it's like, means, like, royalty. Like his royal highness kind of situation? Kind of, but he is a prince. So, he... But he actually was technically the king of Nepal. Um, he was born June 27th, 1971, um, but passed away June 4th, 2001. Um... He had ascended the throne for three days after killing nine people from the royal family, including his parents and brothers. Jeez. And if you don't know about it, it is So, the, is he... He's technically, like, a family annihilator? Yeah. Yikes. Um, he is a Nepalese royal massacre. Um, mm. So, a little background on him. He... Received his early education at a school that I cannot pronounce the name of. I'm so sorry, and I have no time to look up how to. In Kathmandu, um, he then later attended Eton College in England, and after Eton, he attended Tripuvan University in Nepal, and then he later joined the military academy in Nepal. Um, he studied geography at Tripuvan University for his master's degree and was a PhD student at the time at the same university. Um, he also received military training from the Academy of Royal Nepalese Gurkha Army, and he did piloting training with the Civil Aviation Department. Hmm. So you know, busy. Um, his house is the Shah Dynasty. So if you look into all that background but um he had he was interested in the fields of social service and a keen interest in sports he would attend various national international sports ceremonies where the nepalese players participated 
Um, he also studied karate. Hmm. Um, and he received a black belt at the age of 20. Um, he was a patron of the National Sports Council and Nepal Scouts, which I think are something like Boy Scouts. Right. Kind of. So he's like really, really active in the community. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he, wanted, I, the social service thing is what's like getting, it's really kind of hanging me up. Because like, how do you want to get into social services and like help people and also murder your entire family? Well, so there's a couple, there's a lot, and you'll like this one because okay. there's conspiracy theories involved and I know how you love them so I picked this one based on well because one it's not often a royal family member of modern times right actually kills Mm -hmm. people that's insane yeah um you know we all know that Lord Mountbatten was murdered by the IRA Mm -hmm. we all know that Anne Boleyn I think feel was unjust beheaded. I feel like that was murder, yep. but that's a different story. <laughs> Again, history and not right. reliable evidence right. or not modern. So, um, he also liked to write, so mm-hmm. he wrote a lot of articles that were published in periodicals, um, and his writings were often the motifs of nationhood and nationality. So right. he very prideful for where he lived. Um, so, while studying in England... He, I have a few articles printed out, but, um, he ended up meeting, oh, a woman named Diviani Reina. Hmm. Um, they ended up having the same guardian, so I guess as royal, so she's also from a royal family in okay. India, um, not quite the level of a Shah royal. Right. But still one of the most noble families in India. Hmm. Um, And I guess as royals, you kind of have this guardian that keeps an eye on you. It's a safe place. You know them. It's a friend that you have in this foreign country. Yes. Right. Like, you a safe home to go to. Okay. um, A friend, a familiar face type thing. Um, Someone you can trust in a weird place. So they had the same guardian. And they met at his house for the first time. So, like, security, guard, Hmm. butler, friend. Um, Young and alone in a foreign land, the two found solace in each other's company, and pretty soon they fell in love. So, there you go. This is sort of a Romeo and Juliet situation. Okay. Um, He, Dipendra was the crown prince. Right. um, And the future king of Nepal. And she came from the highest-ranking normal family in the country. Um, the Reynas years ago used to be the prime ministers to the king, although there seemed to exist some ongoing behind-the-scenes power struggles between the Reynas and the Shahs. Marriages between the two families were quite common, so they seemed to intertwine very often. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it would have been a perfect setup. Um, However, Prince Dipendra's mother, Queen Ashwara, I probably said that totally wrong, I'm so (laughs) sorry, um, had already selected a suitable bride Mm -hmm. for her son. So, and it's a Shah bride, so... So, basically, she wasn't royal enough for them. Correct. And so, his family was all like... As far as who's going to be king. But you're... Right. So, you're a part of this family, you have to match... Correct. Our you lineage be, and our standards. Right. Shaws should marry Shaws. So, like, 
you need to marry somebody equally as important and royal as you. Um, of course, now that his family knows, now they're like, absolutely not. They've hit a roadblock in their relationship. Mm-hmm. The queen was adamant, and despite his various obvious love and affection for Deviani, Depender found little support for the rest of his family. The royal stood at opposite ends, so... Mm-hmm. He wanted to marry her. They were like, there's no way. Right. Um, they would continue to see each other in the palace. Basically was pissed off. Sure. Um, the queen vehemently opposed the alliance. Um, and one of the reasons for this opposition was Deviani's mother, Usha Rajay, who was Indian. So basically she's saying there's too much Indian in that girl. Which is racist and mean. Well, it is. But I don't like it. I agree. Um, and she, the mother, Usha Rajay Sindhya, came from one of the richest and powerful royal houses of India. So, like, it's not like her so, mom's a nobody. Right. So, they're okay. there's there's royal blood, right? Um, so these guys are just like, we already have somebody, chill out, correct? But she doesn't have a title anymore, they were still rich and politically powerful. So, right. the mom. Deviani's mother doesn't have a title, but they're still very powerful. But what mattered to the queen was that Deviani Rana had a little too much Indian blood, and that Indian blood was not noble enough for a future queen. If only they could see Meghan Markle today. Like, honestly. So, this is another reason why I really like this story. Because um, I feel like there's changes coming. Yep. Um... So, it is said that the king had even threatened to disown Prince Dependra and to remove him from the line of succession, only further infuriating his son. Hmm. Um, so, here's a quick rundown of the massacre that happens, and then I'll give you a more detailed account. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened on June 1st, 2001. He opened fire, Dependra opened fire at a house on the grounds of, I'm going to try to say this, I'm sure I'll get it wrong, <laughs> of the... Narayanhiti Royal Palace. I'm sure that's totally wrong. You can visit there. It's now a tourist destination. So mm. if you want to go see it. Nice. Um, oh, at the house where he murdered his entire family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Where a pa- party was being held. I'm sure it's giant. I don't know okay, that you can so visit wait, those wait. areas. Let's but... back up for a quick hot second. Yep. So he wants to marry this chick. Mm-hmm. His family is like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. We've got somebody arranged for you. Mm-hmm. And so... Then he just loses it? Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, Allegedly. So this is where some of the conspiracy theories come in. Okay. So, um, he reportedly shot and killed his father, King Barendra, his mother, Queen, we already know I can't say her name, and seven other members of the royal family before shooting himself in the head. Due to his wiping out most of the line of succession, he was crowned king while in comatose state from the head wound. Okay. How? Okay. Because he might come out of it alive. Got it. But I feel like nobody should be interred as anything if they're unable to. Well, this goes function. back if you've seen Scandal. No. Okay. Well, in Scandal, and if you're watching it, you've already seen this, so calm down. There's no spoiler alert. <laughs> he gets shot in an assassination attempt, and he's in a coma. Mm hmm. Well,. 
they're doing everything to not let the people know that there's an issue because then they might pass it on and to he the loses next a person, person. Right. right? But he's not dead right. yet. Um, he ends up making it and it's fine and all goes right. on fine. Sure. But it's the same <clears throat> kind of thing. They don't want the people to worry. They're still sure. an entirely monarchy ran country. Right. So technically, since he's not dead, mm-hmm. he gets it, even if he's in a coma. Hmm. Um, so, um, his motive for the murders are unknown, but there are various theories. Obviously, one of them being the fact that he desired to marry Deviani, um, of course, his parents objected. Other theories allege that Dependra was unhappy with the country's shift from an absolute to a constitutional monarchy, hmm. so similar to what England has, right. and that too much power had been given away following the 1990 People's Movement, which would have been like 11 years before this, so mm-hmm. I don't know why that would be coming up now. Sure. Um, and uh, there's a lot of controversy that surrounds the circumstances of the massacre, and even today, with the monarchy abolished... Many questions remain within Nepal about its cause. Um, Sources of the yet unanswered questions include details such as the apparent lack of security at the event, the absence of Prince Gyanendra, which is Dependre's uncle who succeeded him from the party, the fact that despite being right-handed, Dependre's self-inflicted head wound was located at his left temple. So Mm. again, we have that infamous, I killed myself and I'm right-handed, correct. And finally, that the subsequent investigation lasted for only two weeks and did not involve any major forensic analysis. Ooh. Okay. So, I'm going to go into the details. This is a timed play-by-play. Okay. So, but where has the uncle been? Are we going to go into that? Yeah. Okay, got Mm -hmm. it. Um, So, this article is from ABC News. This came out, I think, let me find the date on here. June 15th, so a little bit after... June 15th of 2008? 2001? 2001, I think. Okay. Um, it says, few dramas can match what happened at Nepal's Narayan... Oh, never mind. At the palace <laughs> on the first night of June 2001 when gunshots rang out, leaving most of the royal family dead. Um, dun dun. Correct. So the speculation, of course, is that the conflict between love and duties what causes rampage... The public rioted for several days after the massacre, incredulous that the carefree prince, once known as Dippy, could be responsible for the violence. <laughs> there was also... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Dippy, right? Cute. His Royal Highness Prince Dippy. It's a nickname. It's a bad one. Well. <laughs> there was also speculation that the slain king's unpopular brother, Gyanendra, who is now Nepal's monarch, was responsible for the tragedy. Um, new reports have also emerged ultimately blaming Deviani. They say to placate his parents, Dependra had agreed to their plan for him to marry another girlfriend and keep Deviani as a mistress, but Deviani reportedly rejected that plan. She's now hiding in Europe and refusing to come home. Without her presence, many questions remain unanswered. She's That's not true anymore. She had come back. She's married and has, I think, a son now. Oh, okay. And, like, living her life. Hmm. Um, ish. All right. Um, shortly after the carnage, the new king, meaning the uncle, opened a two-member 
Two people. Official commission to understand what happened. Yeah. Okay. This is a timeline of the events according to... The investigation. The uncle. Okay. The uncle has two people Mm -hmm. to look into this entire thing. His family. Like, the murder of his family. Yeah. Two people. You'd think, if you have the means and the time and the ability, Mm -hmm. you'd want, like, I don't know, 78 people to look into it and figure it out. Correct. So this is the timeline based on what the commission, these two people, found. 7.30 p.m. His Royal (laughs) Highness Crown Prince Dependra arrives at the locale of a regularly scheduled family gathering. He plays billiards by himself for some time in the palace billiard room and drinks one or two pegs of famous grouse whiskey. Okay, normal average stuff. Except who plays pool by themselves? Mm, I think there's people in the room, but no one's really playing. 8 p.m. Dependra leaves the area and heads to pick up the Queen Mother to take her to the gathering. They return, and the Queen Mother stops to talk to Princess Helen Shaha in a small chamber east of the billiard hall. The Crown Prince returns to the billiards room. 8.12 p.m. The Crown Prince talks to Deviani Rana Reina for 1 minute 14 seconds, according to telecommunications records. 8.19 p.m. The Crown Prince calls an aide by mobile phone to get him some cigarettes. They're a special kind of cigarette prepared with a mixture of hashish and another unnamed black substance as per an order. The aide gives them to Prince Paris to give to the crown prince. So, so he wants weed cigarettes well, that probably have a little bit of like, like heroin in them. Heroin, yeah. Several people see the crown prince in the billiards room, swaying, unable to hold himself upright. There is suspicion that the prince was drunk from the whiskey and four guests, including Prince Nerajan and Prince Paris, help him to his room. Okay, so he needs help even getting back to his bedroom. So he is fucked up. Yeah. Got it. 8.25 p.m., Reyna calls the prince's aides after speaking with him. She says she she noticed his speech was slurred and urged his aides to check on him. The crown prince's aides reach his room and find him prone on the ground trying to undo the clothing on the upper part of his body. They help him take off the clothing and he goes to the bathroom. One of the aides hears retching noises coming from the bathroom. After coming out of the bathroom, the crown prince orders them both to go to their respective rooms to sleep. So he's throwing up. Right, and then he's like, get out of here. Correct. 8.30 p.m. King Barendra Beer... Bikram Shah Dev, so long, arrives on foot from his office. He proceeds to meet other guests in the billiard room. So the king hadn't even been at the party yet. He's just Mm. arrived. 8.39 p.m., the crown prince talks to Devyani Reina for 32 seconds. The crown prince tells her, I am now about to sleep. Good night. We'll talk tomorrow. After the phone call... The crown prince puts on army fatigues, black army boots, a camouflage army jacket and trousers, trousers, black leather gloves, black stockings, and a camouflage vest. He comes out of the bedchamber with weapons. One of his aides sees him and asks, Shall the emergency bag be brought, sire? The crown prince replies, It's not necessary now. The crown prince then proceeds to the billiard hall. Shit, so he's coming out ready for something. Correct. Billiard room one. At the billiard hall, he fires at the ceiling and west wall with a 9mm caliber MP5K automatic submachine gun. Jesus. (laughs) I've never heard of a longer title for a (laughs) weapon ever. 
He also aims and fires at the king who is standing near the east end of the billiard table talking to others. Dependra then steps out of the billiard room and throws one of his guns near the stairs to the north of the inner garden edge east of the hill. It's a weird thing to mm-hmm. do, for the record. Billiard room two. Dependra enters the billiard room again, shooting at the king again. His brother-in-law, Gorak, his uncles, Dehendra and Kadga. Gorak is wounded. The king, Dehendra and Kad. Kadaka are killed. Shit. Billiard room three. Dependra moves back to the door and forward again. How many billiard rooms are there? I think think this is just what's happening in the billiard room one, two, and three. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, damn, like, how many? But they're all, like, the same people in the same place, Uh so I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, moves back to the door and forward again, firing indiscriminately a third time. Among others, he hits his sister and Gorak's wife, Princess Shruti, Kadaga's wife, Princess Sharada, his aunt Shanti, and a cousin, Princess Jayanti. They are all killed. Shit. Yeah. Um, chasing the last victims, Prince Nirajan and the Queen leave the billiard room and head toward the inner garden. Dependra also leaves the billiard hall and goes east toward the inner garden. Nirajan is found by palace officials unconscious near the garden and delivered to the hospital. He is pronounced dead on arrival at 9.15. The queen's body is found in the staircase leading to the prince's room. She is pronounced dead on arrival at 9.15. Shit. Yes. The crown prince is found lying on his back on a bridge over a little pond near his room. A 9mm caliber Glock pistol, Belita, belonged to the prince, is found in the water of the pond. An M16 rifle, Belita, belonged to the prince, is also found nearby. The crown prince reaches a hospital at 9.24pm on June 1st, 2001. He's obviously crowned king mm-hmm. because he's alive right. and is pronounced dead 5.57pm at the hospital on June 4th. Wow. June 4th is when his uncle takes over. And that's when they decide to begin the investigation. Correct. Um, So, after the massacre for a few days, Dependra was in a coma. The mystery surrounding the events that had unfolded that night brought the world's attention to Nepal. While her beloved lay dying and people of her country turned towards her with accusing glares, Devyani Reina escaped to New Delhi for... New Delhi. For days, she hid in the bungalow of her maternal uncle, the erstwhile head of Sindhya's, and a powerful minister in the Indian government while the media camped outside. Um, but, this is a little bit of a background on the Shah dynasty. So, in 1786, when King Prithvi Narain Shah had started his campaign for reunification of Nepal, so this is like 200 Mm -hmm. years ago, it was predicted that his blood would rule Nepal only for 11 generations. Fast forward to June 1st, 2001, in the royal palace Kathmandu, King Barendra Shah, the 11th generation descendant of King Prithvi Narain Shah, was having a dinner party with his family. Normal mm-hmm. thing. Um, both the king and the crown prince were connoisseurs of guns. The guards wondered if they were simply having one of their demonstrations. So, 
allegedly the guards thought when they heard the firing inside, it was just a demonstration of weapons. They did that often. If the army got something new, they wanted to try it and potentially keep, you know, one or two at the palace, right? Um, So by the time they decided they should go in and check, it was too late. Hmm. Um, After their death, King Berendra's younger brother, Gyandra, was crowned, who, owing to his uprising popularity, was soon ousted and exiled from the country along with his family. Hmm. Within a span of a few years, the monarchy was completely abolished in Nepal, and the tiny mountain nation became a democracy. So, well, okay. The uncle now lives in, like, a two-bedroom apartment. Oh. Yes. Like, has nothing. Wow. Nothing. Fuck. Yeah, nothing. And he wanted an all-monarchy country. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The previous king wanted a mix. Like, yeah. Wanted to be, like, what the UK like has. What the people and, right. want. Right. And they could be a tourist destination. You know, people will come here for the royal family to see us like we're Disney. Well, um, shit. But because his brother was so selfish, um, so there's a lot of conspiracy theories to the point where they think that perhaps the uncle had something to do with it. Huh. Um, he... They think that perhaps either the uncle put him up to it. Right, well, because... And then he questioned why he wasn't even there. Why wasn't... If so it was a big royal family... Because there were members of his family... The uncles? They're yes. both family, aren't they? Yes, but, like, immediate members of, like, the uncle's oh, okay. family. so, like, like his, his wife, wife his and, like, daughters tank. and stuff um, were there, Ooh. but they were injured, not, not killed. killed. Ah. But he wasn't even there, allegedly, so, okay. at all. But here's the thing. Like, why... No, Is anybody debating the fact that the prince literally walked through and just picked people off with a gun? Or is that, like, definitely that happened, but we're not sure why? Well, see, that's the weird thing. You know, because no one's sure, the investigation was only two people. Right. And the present king hired them, Mm -hmm. which could have paid enough people off. Yeah. Everybody ignores it. Pay enough people off that were there, everybody will say the story you had to say. Right. You know. um, Okay. So my question, it still goes back to the whole... How did he shoot himself on the left side of his head? Well, that's the other thing. And no one's claimed to have shot him themselves. Like, no security, no one said, like, I stopped him from doing more. Um, In fact, I think it would be, first of all, if he couldn't get himself undressed, Mm -hmm. you know yourself ever to be drunk, even if he threw up to be able to get yourself redressed? Because his aides had to help him get undressed. Oh, right. So, yeah, there's no way. Not until the next day. Change his entire outfit. Yeah. And then march himself back down. Combat boots are impossible to put on by themselves, first of all. Uh, Yeah. Also, he would have had to load all of those guns. He probably would have fallen over like 300 times. At least. Something would have gone off accidentally. So that's why a lot of people aren't really sure or believe that he's really responsible. Or he wasn't responsible. Because it can't be both. Correct. Shit. I know, I think he's, like, a little dog. I love That's it. his new thing lately. It's so cute. Um, Copper is just the cutest thing, basically, is what's happening. 
And Ranger's cute too. He just gave me a stink eye. Mm-hmm. So. So, um. Yeah. Yeah. There's still people who work at the palace that worked for the king. Mm-hmm. That have been slain. Um, and he, and they think it was a mistake for Nepal to end its monarchy. He felt the king was like a father, like a patriarch. You know, he looked after his, his people. Um, but another lieutenant, um, he was an aide at the palace for 26 years, knew the crown prince from when he was small said he was a dual character outside he was very much gentle very much liked by everyone but inside from the beginning probably he didn't get the love he should have as a child that's what my belief is okay well that's pretty normal for royal families sure um he said he kind of he had a kind of sadistic nature he would burn a cat or a mouse he would enjoy that now again how true that is no i Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot because um, there was a point where reporters and stuff really couldn't write in Nepal. So, um, you know, he did own a lot of guns. um, And it was pretty much tradition for the royal family to carry guns around. Um, Yeah. So... If you re- so another article says if you remember King Barendra was educated in the West in Japan so this was the current king he believed in a constitutional role for the monarchy not a dictatorship but his brother who later became king and his own son the crown prince totally disagreed they felt the country was going to the dogs he gave too much away in the 1990 people power uprising and that we should do something before it's too late but if that's the case why would he kill himself Right. If he yeah. felt that his dad wasn't doing his job, it maybe why would he, he... Right, he would want to take over. He would correct. want to run everything. And why wouldn't he just injure himself as if, like, he right. was and shot then he by could, And especially if it was, you know, to do with the whole... Correct. Them not wanting him to marry this chick. Yeah. I mean, you would want to stay alive so you can be with her. The whole point you're killing your family is so that you can be with her. Mm-hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. So, whatever the reason, eyewitnesses say Dependra, after having some drinks and smoking some pot, came down from his room to the royal family soiree on June 1st, 2001, dressed in army fatigues and carrying several guns. He shot his father first and then turned to others. One was his father's cousin, Kataki Chester. She later told the British Channel 4 documentary team what she saw just before she was shot. So, there is witnessing that he... Did he it. definitely shot. Yeah. Okay. The look on his face was very scary, she said. I still remember it, and still, it gives me the creeps when I remember his face. He looked exactly like the Terminator 2. Oh, God. Absolutely expressionless, but very concentrated, and it still haunts me, that so, look of his. wait, wasn't there security everywhere also? Like, why wouldn't they try and disarm him? Well, that's what I'm saying, is that... Someone had to be someone, in Someone... There yes. had to be someone on the inside. So, but even a decade later, despite eyewitness accounts like this one, many ne- Nepalese still doubt they know the whole truth. Librarian Ananta Koirala says he had suspicions from the beginning that the murder king's brother, Gayendra, was behind the massacre, at least putting the crown prince up to it. I also thought the king, Gayanendra, was involved in the royal massacre and he was a master planner. There was an investigating committee, and it gave a report blaming the then-Prince Dependra, but I'm still not believing that Dependra killed them. 
Even the former palace aide de camp, Vivek Kumar, Kumar Shah, wondered at the time why the investigation of the massacre only lasted a week and only concentrating on answering the question of what happened, not why. Hmm. I told His Majesty King Gayendra that this part has not been investigated, Shah says. Was he alone or were there other forces involved in it? That should have that should be investigated. Sure. We don't have that expertise, so we should ask international experts, but right. that didn't happen. So he just didn't bother looking into why his nephew murdered literally his entire family. Correct. Got it. There was a book. Shaw goes into some of this in his book, The Palace as I saw it, which made a splash in Nepal when it came out late last year. Shaw speaks more warmly about the murdered king than about Gyanendra and in that, he is in good company in Nepal. Shit. He, so basically everyone hates him. Gyanendra was singularly unpopular. He dissolved parliament, jailed journalists, and tried to return Nepal to an absolute monarchy. So he literally was trying to cover it up. Yeah. Completely. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Because he knew that this family would never go along with an absolute monarchy. Mm-hmm. And so he had to eliminate them in order to... Right. That how gave fuel how to would the... you convince... A prince of a family that doesn't agree with what you're trying to well, pitch to. Well, first of all, think about it. He was already feel, feeling scorned because his father wasn't going to let him marry who he wanted. Right. So he's vulnerable in the aspect of, look at what your father is not letting you do. You know, we deserve more than this. We deserve better. If we were in power or, you know, if we had total control, it wouldn't matter. Things like that. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Think about it. You can be easily, like, manipulated. When well, you think your uncle's... I guess so. And if you're... I mean, listen. Black Star Heroin is serious fucking business. So... Yeah. If you're messed up or like... I don't know. Maybe they were like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. These puppies. Not that. That's not what I was talking oh, about. okay. We're in a sea of puppies right now and it's the best. <laughs> um, yes. But... So, maybe he was using drugs as leverage or using something like... Um, well, I'm going to leak the fact that you're doing drugs right. to the press. Sure. And then it's going to be a big sure. deal. And then you'll lose your spot. And then mm-hmm. he was like, well, fuck. Yep. So. So it was a Maoist insurgency and eventually helped the Maoist once they let an elect a government bring him down and end the monarchy. Good. So he stepped down three years ago after this article, which was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um... Sorry, hang on. He said at a chaotic final news conference at the Royal Palace that he accepted the decision to end the monarchy. He didn't apologize for anything he'd done, but he did say he was sorry for suffering that may have been inadvertently caused by him trying to do what he thought was best for the country. Right. Now he lives in a two-bedroom apartment in Kathmandu and is an ordinary citizen. Shit. Some people believe there's a popular perception that he's up to mischief, that he wants to come back, Oof. but he's lying low. Once in a while, he makes a statement to the effect of, well, at least when I was king, things weren't this bad, and a lot of people would agree with that, but I don't think this country's going back to monarchy, and one reason is that he as a person is so unpopular. So if they do go back to monarchy, which Correct. they probably won't, it'll definitely be a different person. But he can't do that. Right. Because there's bloodlines to follow. Right. That's the whole point of a monarchy. Correct. Oh, shit. So, um, Dixit says he wouldn't have minded Nepal retaining a cultural monarchy, even if only as a tourist attraction, but we had such bad luck with dictatorial monarchs that it's hard to make the argument of, oh, well, sometimes a benevolent dictator is good for a country like this. 
how long are you going to wait for luck to give you a benevolent dictator? Right. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. You can't really control people. They're always going to do what they want to do. Yep. So. Back at the palace, librarian Ananta Koirala agrees. He revert the king as a child and felt his world rocked by the royal massacre. He acknowledges Nepal has its problems now with its widespread poverty and unemployment, frequent power cuts, and political leaders acting like little kings themselves. The democratic system is not being practiced well by our parties, and that is causing some frustration to the democracy of democracy to the people. But still, he goes with democracy. Right. Well. Yep. Okay. But. <sighs> well. Shit. So there you go. There so go. lots of conspiracy theories to look into um, on that. Um, such a shame. Whatever happened, and I don't think we know the truth. You know, I don't. Right. I don't know that we'll ever know. Yeah, I don't think that what we happened. will. I mean, because all of that evidence is probably destroyed or lost at this Correct. point. And even if it weren't, who's going to bother to look into it, really? Right. So. Nobody. All right, well, um, let's take another super quick break, and then we'll do a um, beauty tip or... Our beauty tip for this week. Okay. Hi guys, I'm Lux. And I'm Sam. And we host Killing It, the Crimecast. Every week, each of us tells the other about a crazy and interesting true crime case we've come across. Some highlights include... A countess who bathed in blood. A machete-wielding homophobe. Munchausen by proxy leading to matricide. Murderous messages written in lipstick. And a religious pastor being bludgeoned to death with an electric guitar. We both love true crime, we love talking about it, and we hope you guys will enjoy listening to it. So check out Killing It, the Crimecast on whatever podcast app you damn well please. Bye-bye. It's everywhere. So many tails. All the tails here. Oh, puppies. I love you. No, don't hit the microphone. That's really rude. Okay, Scout. Come here. Scout. Back up. (gasps) Isn't she just like the cute little nugget dog? Adorable. I love them so much. She's my sweet little nugget baby. Yes, they're all great. You're not a nugget anymore. But he's a very, very large nugget. He's an XL nugget. Have you ever seen him as a puppy? Have I showed you like baby? Oh, I need to see Baby Connor. Um, him and Lola are the ones we got <clears throat> okay, as the youngest set dogs. Let's chill. Lola. Lola. Um, Lola. Get down. Come on. If you want to come up here, come up here. Okay, no, Copper. Hang out. Chill. Um, chill. We Everybody got them cool. as the youngest. So he <clears> was <throat> from the SPCA. He was eight. Okay. You don't need to start. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Total chaos. Oh, uh, literally surrounded by dogs. Like, if you could imagine that we're on, like, an L-shaped this is, couch. This is like being at the SPCA. There are very, very large dogs all over it, and it is so nice. I have three snuggle buddies right now, one of which is Ranger, and he just, he loves it so, so much. Copper's sitting like a human in the corner, which he does normally. Yes. It's very, very cute. It is pretty much normal mm-hmm. around here. Yeah. Um, okay, so while you're looking that up, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and go um, our makeup tip this weekend, Yeah. Uh, this week, is actually from another podcast that I've talked about on here before. Okay. Um, Murder Blows, which is just so, so good. They, for, 
it's just <clears throat> it just keeps getting better with these girls. Honestly, they just updated their logo and it's even cooler than it was before. Um but um Murder Blows, she is asking and I'll find out who from Murder Blows this is cuz I don't know exactly. Okay. Um what target price range products um can be used to even out skin. Um acne scars, hyperpigmentation, Things like that. You know, excellent question because I had somebody actually ask me for something yesterday. It's not crazy expensive? Um. Or was it like something like that? Okay. Yeah, like just anything like that. And, you know, there's so much in our store that I was just like. Overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm like, that's a really good question. I have no idea. Um, Okay, so. My favorite products for mm-hmm. evening skin tone and all kinds of things. Um, it, let's start with cleansers. So, if you have active acne, mm-hmm. if you are overly oily, if you don't exfoliate very often. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when it comes to skincare and keeping it cheap, I think <sighs> there are a bunch of really good brands out there. My personal favorite at the moment is the Yes to Tomatoes brand. Okay. Um, especially for acne. Like, if you have active acne or if you're very, very oily, um, it exfoliates you, which helps to get rid of the acne faster. Right. Um, it's got charcoal in it, which acts like micro sponges, and it absorbs the excess oil and any infection and things like that. Okay. Um, also, tomatoes are a natural antioxidant, um, so it's really, really good for your skin. Um, the only thing is, if you're a combination or if you're dry in certain areas, mm-hmm. it can dry you out because it's a charcoal-based right. product. Um, as far as skin tone, evening, and brightening, I really like um, the Formula 10 brand right now. They have some, I think it's called Be Berry Bright. Yes, yes. Um, that mask is really, really nice. Um, again, if you're super dry, you don't want to use anything that's a peel-off mask. So, I have a sort of in-between question for you mm-hmm. as you've taken care of my skin so closely. Sure. Since I do tend to be a little bit more... I'm a weird combo. You right. know, some days I'm a little bit oily. Some days I'm, like, I'm still rehydrating from my trip and mm-hmm. like my skin's having a meltdown. But I have horrible texture, as you know. Right. And it's a little bit uneven where I have, like, the texture is a little bit more sure. red and it's not exactly all pretty and beautiful. Like, I can never be, like, Meghan Markle on and her wedding day and, way. like, barely have a stitch on to right. show my beautiful freckles and stuff um what the fuck do i do so exfoliation is good microdermabrasions are good you don't want to overdo it right if you over exfoliate it's gonna come back 10 times worse okay um so you have to keep it to where basically the point of exfoliation is taking off the the top layer it's like dusting right you want to take off the gunk so that you can see the shiny pretty stuff underneath right yeah um but if you keep scrubbing and keep scrubbing you're gonna wear down the surface of whatever it is you're trying to clean you get what i mean yes so um well i do have if anybody's looking for a microderm machine or something that's mm -hmm. friendly i do have the neutrogena one Mm -hmm. which by comparison to most at like twenty dollars or thirty dollars or something is quite good Um, sure and there's two settings, so if it's really bad, there's a higher setting, and mm-hmm. there is a lower setting for 
more, I think, my situation. Right. Where it's just a little bit texture, not so awful. Sure. Um, if anybody's needing something or could benefit from something like that, mm-hmm. I highly recommend you look into it. Yeah. Um, it's very user-friendly. You just put the pad on there, wet the pad, and, like, that's sure. pretty much it. Um, um, my only recommendation with that it would be to use a different... Um, solution than the Neutrogena solution if you can. You know what I mean? Only because Neutrogena has so much alcohol in it and all of their products. That's fair. Um, So definitely if the machine works for you, killer. Great. Okay. Try and use something that's not going to be as harsh on your skin. Are there pads though that are just like exfoliating pads? Yeah. Absolutely. Because this one I know comes with product like Sure. In the pad. Um, so there's one from Aveeno that's called, I want to say it's like the Clearly Radiant and they're face wash pads. Uh-huh. And you literally just like wash your face with them and they exfoliate also. Okay. Um, so those are good. Um, and then if you want to go higher end, Peter Thomas Roth has some glycolic peel pads. I feel like I'm probably not exfoliating as much as I should be when I do the microderm. It's like once a week or once every two sure. weeks. Like I'm not maybe as consistent with any sort of exfoliator as it should be so that's a lot of my fault but well I mean as long as you're doing it as regularly as your skin needs it so you can tell when you start to look dull or when your makeup doesn't go on smoothly or you're feeling aged you physically feel the texture on your skin it's time to exfoliate well one I told you before like major breakouts happening you would think I was like 14 in puberty right now right like how bad I'm breaking Mm -hmm. out and it's very unusual for me I might get a small one here and there sure um so for you right now, since you're breaking out and it's not something you normally would do, yeah, I would take like a swipe of witch hazel and just all over the area that you're breaking out. Okay. One time. You okay. know, you shouldn't yeah. have to repeat. Right. And it should kill the bacteria. It should mm-hmm. dry out any open sores and like whiteheads. Okay. Um, and get them to at least go away a little faster. Okay. So um, I do have something that's more of a high end product. It's not. I well, first let me say I do have a witch hazel toner. That's amazing. So if anybody, it does have alcohol in it, but if you mm-hmm. are the oilier type and sure. you know breakouts, right? I think it's great to keep on hand. Yeah. So I and alcohol is not there. awful. It's just it needs to be below. So if you're looking at the ingredients, it needs to be in the bottom half of the ingredients. Right. And you shouldn't overdo it. Don't Correct. use it every single day. So I think that was a lot of my problem before. So now I've switched it and I have a more hydrating toner. But in this case, I can do a little bit of both. Sure. Which hazel where I'm having my mental breakdown, hydrate right. where everywhere else where I'm drying out. Right. Um, however, um, there is, and it's a roller ball. Okay, say that again. There's a roller ball, and it's in the natural section at Ulta. Mm-hmm. I don't, I have it in my bathroom, and I can't think of the name of it, but it's Bird's a roller piece. ball. Mm-mm. Really? No, it's like zits no more, maybe is what it says, but maybe also not what it says, but it's all essential oils in it. Hmm. So probably like witch hazel, peppermint, things yeah. like that. Um, it smells very menthol-y. Yeah. So um, be I know the, um, the Burt's Bees one, I used it for years. It's got witch hazel and clary sage and yes, all, all kinds, kinds of, of good like, stuff. Good stuff. So Ashley had given it to me mm-hmm. just as like a here, try it. Rollerball. So, it's a rollerball, and it's got all these essential oils in it that are good for you. It smells awful, so please use very little of it, because it'll burn your eyes and all that yep. good stuff. Um, but it seems to have been working to clear up whatever I've got going on. But any breakouts I've used it on, 
prior to this hot mess I have right now, they're usually gone the next day. Right. So it's a miracle worker. It's got some really cool tribal design on it, on the label. Oh, okay. Um, it's wonderful. So if you can find that somewhere, no. <laughs> I'm sorry that I don't know the name of it offhand. Okay. But it's a great product. So I think everybody should try it. Yeah. Or something similar. Burt's Bees, um, whatever. I think. Yeah. And then the other thing was um, she asked if a jade roller is really worth it. Um, the purpose of a jade roller is to, like, stimulate collagen and renew the skin. And, yes. Um, so it's going to help with uh, massaging the skin and, and kind of stimulating the muscles to perk back up. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to do as much as, like, iontophoresis, which is electrical impulses. Right. As far um, as the scarring and stuff right. goes. Right. And, yeah. I mean, if you have dark circles, a jade roller in the fridge would be great. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, yes. mm-hmm. But, really, that's about it. So. I agree. I really want... A jade roller. Um, I saw some at Marshalls. They're not jade rollers. Right, yeah. But, um, like the contour I mean, a sculpting. cold stone would do the same thing. True. So. I should put some of my stones from the river in there. Yeah. There's nothing better than a hot stone massage. It's really for great. For the record. <sighs> some good river rock from Lowe's. Hmm? A couple pebbles. All right, well, I think that's that it. it. I think that's all we've got. All right. Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Tail All right, we're gonna um, go live our lives. Yeah, so, yeah. Everybody, be cool. See you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.